Do you love the idea of personal growth, but find the practice of it exhausting? We get it. We're Brandon and Megan Giggling, growth coaches with the mission to put the personal back in personal growth. If you want a new way of growing into the next version of you without the frustration, guilt, and overwhelm, you're in the right place. It's time to rethink your growth journey and make it into something that works for you. You in? Welcome to Growth Reframed. Welcome back to Growth Reframed. This week on the podcast, we are talking about leadership. And before you think to yourself, hang on, I'm not a leader. Let me turn this off. I want to challenge you today to listen through because we are of the belief that everyone is actually a leader. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing when you talk about leadership and I even think about you know what to even name this episode so that people actually listen because the reality is no matter what you do, you're a leader. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you're a leader for your family, for your kids. If you work in an office, my guess is there's people people under you or there's people around you that are looking at you and you're a leader no matter where you're at. I think about we I just got done being an assistant coach for our daughter's soccer team and it's like you don't think about that as being a leader, but you are. You're a leader of those those kids and they're looking up to you. And ultimately, we're all being looked up to by someone. And a lot of the things we're going to touch base on today about ways to really be a better leader, again, like you just said, Meg, I mean, we don't want to turn off and be like, that's not us. Because the argument is, it is. It's all of us. You can't really get away from it. Mm -hmm. No matter who you are, what your station is in life, someone somewhere is looking up to you, is looking to you. And whether you acknowledge that or not, it doesn't change the fact that it's there and that it's, it's a real part of your life and a real part of your day to day. Yeah, I love that because, I mean, even if we don't think of ourselves as a leader at work or a leader in our house, depending on where we are in this in this life life's journey, it doesn't mean that you're not looked up to. And I love that that's your definition for this conversation because somebody somewhere, like you said, is looking and is watching and does take something from you. So I'm super pumped that you said it like that because I love it. Yeah. And, my, and the other piece of advice that I would give is even if you're like, you know what, Brandon, Meg, you're just wrong. Like I don't lead anyone. It's just me. I'm living by myself. I do things by myself and I'm not really leading anyone. But are you leading yourself? You're still responsible for you. A lot of us, I think with that, look for leadership. We look for someone to motivate us. We look for someone to pump us up. But are you doing that for yourself? Like when you look in the mirror, are you looking at yourself as a leader? Because maybe you just really do need to reframe your thinking on how you're looking at it and whether it affects anyone else at all. Maybe that's not even your goal right now, but does it affect you? Does Mm -hmm. it personally affect you? And if you don't lead the charge in your own life, then you can't really expect anyone else to do that. And so I want to really challenge your thinking today when we talk about this. And the first thing that we really talked about when we were looking at this was a huge pet peeve for me, not only in life, just in people I interact with, but me and Megan manage other people. We employ other people is really just that taking ownership piece. Now, what do I mean by taking ownership? I mean, if it's your responsibility to handle it, are you taking on that responsibility? Are you recognizing that you are the person that's supposed to be doing that? Are you recognizing that You are the person who's supposed to be taking steps and creating plans and thinking more deeply about it. Because I think a lot of times, no matter what it is, we can kind of discount that 
it's on us really to resolve and figure out. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, I'll be honest, our kids drive me absolutely insane, but I'm still responsible for making sure that they're a good part of society, that they're growing up in a place and I'm modeling the behavior that I want. And so if they're annoying me and if things aren't happening and progressing, I can't say, well, you know what? The world is just crazy. And so they're the reason that, you know, my family and my kids are being crazy today. No, there's a responsibility and there's a role that we all take. And I think the easiest thing you can do when you're talking about taking ownership, because I see it day in and day out across everything and every person that I interact with is playing that blame game is pointing the finger and saying, well, this is the reason this person, Mm -hmm. this company, this politician, this thing, this is the reason why I can't take ownership, why I can't do that. But you're really just deflecting from taking on the, like taking the weight of the responsibility of what you're supposed to be doing, because you might not be able to control all the outside circumstances, but you can still control how you're showing up and taking an ownership piece to your own life. Right. And I really appreciate there that you said it's not just a person because not everybody here does lead people in a formal capacity. So the fact that it's not just like, well, you know, Sarah over there did that and that's why I can't meet my goals or that's why I can't be a good leader. It's not just about Sarah. You know, we we do it with everything. There's so many ways to take ownership that aren't placing a blame on some other person. And when we want to do that, when we want to just shift off on the other convenient person or the other convenient thing. It just really almost kind of makes us less effective and less respected as a leader, I think. Mm -hmm. Whether or not we're leading anybody else, like if somebody looks back at us, I think it just is a terrible look to be like, well, it's always going to be reason A, B, C, or D that I can't do this. At some point, we have to look in the mirror and reflect and think, oh, shoot, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the reason. Maybe Mm -hmm. I have... 100% or 1% doesn't matter how much of it's real, but you have to be willing to say that, yes, there's your part is definitely there. Like you have some sort of say and some sort of responsibility to it. Right. And the reality is, I mean, me and you are guilty of this too, but we're just, as, as human beings, we're all amazing at rationalizing everything and finding a reason for why everything isn't happening. And for the most part, There are outside forces that are kind of playing a role, but ultimately what we talk about all the time on here is you're the one who gets to show up as you, individually as you. So don't focus on all the other things, people, and in the environment that are causing this to happen. Focus on how you can show up in a way to make sure that you're not rationalizing your way out of even trying to fix certain things, about even trying to show up in the best way that you possibly can. Absolutely. And another thing is just having difficult conversations. It sounds so silly to say that that's something you need to be able to do because it seems kind of obvious, but there is actually an art almost to having difficult conversations. Not everyone can do it and not everyone can do it well. And even if you're just brave enough to even start that process of becoming somebody who initiates a difficult conversation, you're taking a really big step in leadership. To be willing to try that, to be willing to go into that discomfort is a huge step because I can tell you firsthand, I spent a very long time avoiding all of it. And I'm just now getting to the point where I'm comfortable enough with myself and with my relationship with other people that I can sort of initiate those difficult conversations. And it doesn't mean it's going to be fun. It doesn't mean it's going to be enjoyable. And it certainly doesn't mean I don't mess up all the way through it because I'm telling you, I still do. I'm going to for a long, long time, probably the rest of my life. But 
just the willingness to have those and to initiate and be the one to step forward and say, hey, this is this is an area that we need to talk about. I think that's a huge step in being a good leader. Yeah. And conversations, by the way, don't need to be conflict. I mean, yeah, there might be conflict. There might be a residual effect. I mean, there's always a cause and effect. I mean, if you're bringing something up, especially bringing it up to the attention of someone else, trying to coach, model, do whatever you're trying to do for them, it could cause conflict. So I don't want to say it won't, but there's a difference between conversation and conflict. And you even said a minute ago, there's an art to it too. There, there, you have to show up and have some uh, ability to recognize who the person is that you're interacting with and changing how you're going to interact with that person because it's different depending on who it is and, and how it is, which actually leads us to our next point, which is stop treating everyone the same. You have to understand that every single person is motivated differently. Ultimately, I would argue that every person wants to be seen and heard. Those are the two things that pretty much every human walking on the earth wants to do. And whether they do it the right way or not, that's ultimately their motivation for what they're trying to do. But I think as leaders, we really miss the mark when we try to treat everyone the same. Because I can tell you right now, like I work with Meg, I don't approach her the same way that I approach other coworkers. It's different. She's my wife. She's not only my coworker, my partner in crime, she's also my wife. So I do have to have a different mindset when I'm approaching her versus approaching another employee. This goes back even as easy as thinking of, we've talked in the past about love languages. If you're not familiar with love languages, it's like how people receive love and how they like to give love. And That idea is the same thing we're talking about here. Every single person is motivated in a different way. So if you come firm and you're yelling at them and saying, you expect this, that, and the other, and they, and you've been trying that for a while and it doesn't work, try to shift your approach. Maybe you're more compassionate. Maybe you show up with more empathy. Maybe you show up with a more fun nature. Maybe you promote them and and just talk about how great you know, they're doing in one area and then talk about how they can improve in another area. There's so many different ways you could think about it. But I think a lot of times you're like, well, that's just not who I am. That's not how I do it. That's not how I'm built. It's not about how you're built though. When you're interacting with other people, there's a relationship there. There's a conversation there. There's something that mutually has to happen. It can't just be you strong fisting it. And maybe you have people that do respond that way and maybe that works, but you can't do that across the board for everyone. Right. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking about just to the parents out there. I mean, you love your children, but do you approach them the exact same way? Do you take away the same things when you're taking away or do you give out the same consequence when you need to give out a consequence? No. I mean, we sure don't. Our daughter and our son are very different people with very different uh, communication styles with very different motivations. So we don't discipline them the same. If I'm taking away something for one, it's not the same for the other. I'm not that even with it because it doesn't matter the same to them. If we have to have a conversation, we approach both kids differently because one of them's a little more sensitive than the other about that kind of thing. And we'll tend to break down a little bit more easily while the other one needs a little bit of a, f- a firm push and an angry outburst every once in a while they really get pushed through so there's just kind of like these I mean whether you're parenting whether you're in some sort of coaching situation or a leader at work doesn't matter because people are different and we have to stop like Brandon was saying just acting like it's all the same and it's just about how I want to show up because it's not just about how I want to show up it's how 
you need to show up for that other person that you're speaking with. Mm-hmm. And I think another great point here is is really being proactive instead of reactive. So one of the things you're talking about, even in the approach of 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 challenging people in a different way, that means you're actively thinking about it in the moment before you interact with that person, before you walk into that room, before you're having that conversation. You're thinking in your head how it's all going to play out. And that means you're being proactive. So often I think we just sit and wait with our hands in our pockets and we're reactive. We just, we wait to see what happens. Well, I'm not going to challenge Meg, but I'm just going to internally think about the fact that she should be doing all of these things without actually being proactive and talking to her and having a conversation about it. One of those difficult conversations we were talking about. I'm just going to see how she's going to react. What happens when you do that is when you're waiting to be reactive, you react usually in a much more harsh and negative way than you should have. Because if you're thinking about it and you're trying to be proactive in how you're going to approach that person in that situation, then you've kind of already, like I've said, you've, you've thought through how things might go. Now they might, they're not always going to go that way. But if I wait until I'm annoyed, irritated, or I've, I've just not wanted to bring up the conversation, then eventually something that someone does sets me off, then when I'm reactive, it's actually going to be way more likely to cause conflict, way more likely to cause it to be a much bigger issue rather than looking at things proactively and trying to you know, think about things before you open your mouth and have those conversations. And I think proactive versus reactive goes a lot further than just even communication. For me, when I was thinking this through, I was going a totally different direction. I was thinking more like, for instance, a business plan would be proactive rather than reactive. You're saying and setting your goals and then working toward them rather than being like, oh, let's see what happens here. And then when the problem arises, deal with it then. So I was taking a totally different approach. So I loved listening to you talk about it in that way because that was not where my brain was on that one. Right. Well, and you think about leadership. Are you more likely to follow someone in any situation? Say there's an emergency situation. Are you more likely to follow someone who has a plan or someone who's just running around like a crazy person? No, you want someone to have a plan. You want someone who's leading you to know what they're doing, to know how to lead. So that's the whole thought. Like you said, whether it's a business plan or just a plan for how the day is going to go with your kids, you can plan those things out rather than just reacting in the moment. Like, what are we going to do? Right. We know exactly. I mean, of course, nobody knows everything, but we know exactly the kinds of problems that are going to come up in our day to day, whether that's at work or at home. We know the issues that tend to pop up. And so we can plan for that or we can act totally surprised and be like oh dear i don't have any idea how this could have happened and not plan for it and run around like chickens with our head cut off instead of understanding exactly how most of our time is spent and what we need to do to make it work better for us mm-hmm. yeah the next thing really is I mean, we've we had a uh a chance to talk to our friend, Scott Miller. We've had him on the podcast a few times and we talked to him a few weeks ago, but he talks about this a lot, but it's identifying your blind spots, knowing that you have blind spots, no matter who you are, you have a blind spot. A blind spot is simply just a area in your life that could use improvement, but you have no idea that it's there. But the way that people usually show you a blind spot is it keeps getting brought up in every single thing that you're doing. And eventually, if you open your eyes to the fact that you, one, recognize you have blind spots and open your eyes to what are the critiques that people seem to keep telling me? What are things that people keep asking me about that I feel like I've been very clear about? What are these things that have come up? You have to understand you have them to be able to recognize them. Also, be open to 
hearing other people's advice to trying to work on those blind spots and trying to improve. Because the fact is we all have them. And in a lot of ways, like everything else might be going great, but those blind spots could be holding you back from what you're actually trying to accomplish. So you have to be more open to it and understand that you have it. Don't let your ego get in the way. Don't think you know how to do absolutely everything. Like I think about for work, like we're bringing people on because they know how to do things that I don't know how to do. The, the My blind spot, they're showing me my blind spot and they're filling in that gap. And I'm hiring them on to do that because I have that blind spot. Had I thought I know everything, I'd still be sitting on my hands and our business wouldn't be excelling like it is because I wouldn't be identifying that that's something that we need to do. And I don't personally know how to do it. You don't have to know how to do everything, but you do have to know how to find the people that know how to do that. And you have to know that there are areas that you don't know. Right. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. None of us know everything. Right. And if it's a personality type blind spot, not just like a something that you're working on, like that you can hire out. Like sometimes it's just personality. And I think that's fine to have those. We all have them. Not everyone knows how to interact perfectly all the time. They're personality flaws, right? I mean, that's common. That happens. We all have areas in our personality, in our demeanor, in the way we show up that might not be perfect all the time. And I think if we address that, and even, I mean, you could you could address this in so many ways. You could get training, you could get coaching, you could get therapy, depending on what it is. Like, there's so many different ways to address them and make yourself better than just sitting there and doing nothing or refusing to see them because not everything is going to be hireable. Not everything is something that you're like, I don't know how to do this and I'm not going to find the time. There are certain things that you must do. You must learn how to interact with people and you must learn how to take the time to do those kind of things. And if you can't do it on your own, that's where the coaching and the mentorships, those things really matter. Yeah. And that's so important because like our next point was modeling that behavior you want. So really what you're doing in everything you're doing. And I'm so guilty of this because I'm like, why won't so-and-so just do the thing I want them to do? Why won't people show up in a meeting the way I want them to do it? And then I'm like, wait a minute, I need to model the behavior that I want. This works at home. If, if you're with your kids, it works when you're out interacting with other people. It works if you're at your job, mm-hmm. you want to model the behavior that you want. You need to show people. You can't just expect that they're going to just know especially if it's something new. You have to show and model what you want. Again, it goes back to being proactive. You're doing something on purpose to show them what you want. And then you sometimes have to do it over and over and over again before they get to that place because you do have to have some patience there. And maybe there will be a need to have some of those difficult conversations we were talking about. But the point is you have to be willing to model the behavior that you want, not just expect that people are going to do it because you think they should without ever communicating that. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about our kids and how our daughter freaks out when our son will hit her or do whatever, but then she hits right back. And we always try to tell her like, hey, you understand that if he does that and you do it right back, you're just telling him that it's okay to do that, right? Like you understand that in order for him to understand that it's not right, you have to also do that. Because if you're just hitting him back, then what's that telling him? It's telling him that it's okay to hit. And that kind of applies everywhere. I mean, if you're showing up in a way that you don't want other people to show up, you're telling them, hey, it's okay to show up like this. I am, so you should too. It's the same thing whether you're talking about hitting or leadership or anything, doesn't matter. It's the same dang thing, just one way or another. Mm -hmm. Well, and it ties in completely with that too, to have 
a positive attitude when you're thinking about it too. A lot of times you can get into a negative place when you're trying to lead people, when you're trying to do all these things that we've already mentioned today. It's, it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to do, but you need to show up with a positive attitude. Now, I will say this for a fact. It is a balancing act. It is difficult. It's difficult, but it's not impossible. You can be firm, but also be positive. You can be firm, but also show appreciation for when people are doing good things. It's really easy to fall into that position of being a nag, of constantly helicoptering over people and saying, well, you didn't do this, 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 or this, and forget the silver lining on the other side, that there are positive things to look for too. And again, this goes back to modeling. If you if you see one of your kids doing something that the other kid's not, you can praise them out loud in public in front of everyone else. And then your other kid's like, hey, I want some praise. And then they'll bring up their behavior to match that person's behavior. You can do that with employees. You can do that with your friends. You can do that with everyone. Again, everyone wants to be appreciated. And so if you're publicly appreciating it and trying to stay positive, putting a positive spin on what you're doing, I know it's so easy to focus on the negative but we can't forget the positive. We just can't. I'm actually in a mastermind right now with uh, Patrick Bet David, and a lot of the people are other business owners. And, and he asks all the time, how often are you showing your employees that you appreciate them? How often are you telling your spouse that you appreciate them? How often are you telling your kids that you appreciate them? And the, the deafening silence is unbelievable. I mean, these are, these are huge business owners with like hundreds of employees and they never tell an employee how great they're doing. Who wants to work in an environment like that? Who wants to be married to a person like that, that never lifts them up, that never encourages them, that never tries to give them a positive sense. And I keep hearing it over and over and over again. So I want to really hammer it home here that it is important to do that. And it's easy. It's so easy not to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Another thing is just being open to trying new things. And I guess I sort of touched on this when I was talking about therapy and mentorship, but I just think that there's so many opportunities to be a better leader when we're opening our eyes and expanding our horizons to really try new things. Maybe it won't work, but maybe it will. Maybe we'll learn something and maybe it will help us. And whether that's at work or at home doesn't matter. Being open to trying new things, it's, it helps everything. It's not just to make you a better person. It's just to help you in the specific thing that you're doing, but it also can unlock creativity. It also can help you feel more positive and more confident in your abilities. Like there's so many great things that come from being open to trying new things. And it can be rock climbing or shooting a gun or taking a management course. It doesn't matter what it is. There's just so many benefits to having that mindset of I'm going to try something new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you have to go into it with the, with the idea that you don't ever want to stop improving. A lot of times we get stagnant and we wonder why life isn't progressing. And we wonder why we're not thinking about things differently. And we wonder why we get into these cycles of the never ending groundhog day, but we've stopped somewhere challenging ourselves. We don't read anymore. We don't look at conferences or free webinars or masterminds or whatever they are. We don't do that because we're like, well, we already know how it's going to turn out. But the fact is you don't, we should always be focusing on trying to improve. And if you want to be the best leader you can possibly be across the board, you got to constantly be putting things in front of yourself to try to improve, go into the idea of every day. How could I improve at the end of the week? Don't think about all the things that went wrong. Think about what are the things that I did right this week? How did I improve? There's got to be something y'all there's got to be. And so you got to do that. And then lastly, Nothing's above you. Nothing. You cannot go into life thinking that anything's above you, that you're better than this, that, or the other, that it shouldn't be an expectation that you do this, that, or the other. Don't be entitled. Don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Don't think that it's, it's not for you to do. 
Because let me tell you, as a, as a passionate leader, when you see them rolling up their sleeves and getting down in the trenches with you, rather than just putting expectations on you and then, you know, clocking out at noon every day, it, what difference does that make when you work around people like that, when you're involved with people like that, who are not willing to just talk the talk, but they're willing to walk the walk with you. That's important. But a lot of times we get to a level stature or thing and we think it's just above us that we shouldn't have to go down and do those things. And I'm not saying you have to all the time, but you should be at least willing to help and step in because that's the type of leader that everyone wants. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite type of leader when I know that they're there with me in the trenches or willing to be there with me in the trenches, even if they might not always be able to be. I think that matters. Just knowing that someone's got your back all the time, that someone's going to show up for you when you need it, that matters. And that really makes all the difference in the world for me personally. And I know for the people around me too, because they tell me. So I hope that we've given you some things to think about. I hope that we've gone ahead and expanded your horizons on the idea of leadership and that it is not just somebody who is leading in an office every day from nine to five. We think everyone's a leader. We hope you do too. Go out and have a great week. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to Growth Reframed. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We would love to connect with you. So shoot us a DM on Instagram at Growth Reframed. We love y'all.